Hello, it's Sunday School Time. It's Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries right here on the World Wide Web. We're on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch simultaneously. And I haven't done a Sunday School lesson in a while. I had not. And so I'm getting back in the mix. Sunday School Time. God is good to each of us. Dear God, as I sit before you to speak, I pray to you that my soul you will keep. And if I should die before I finish, I pray that any outstanding sins will be forgiven. I am so thankful because God is who he is. His tender mercies and his loving kindness are with us every single millisecond of the day. And a millisecond is a thousandth of a second. 
And so, you know, that, I mean, that's a like lickety, lickety, lickety split. And so God is true. He's true to his word. He watches over us every day and every night. And for that, I am so thankful to him because had it not been for him on my side and him having mercy on me, where would I be right now? I could have been dead, buried in my grave, but he spoke. Oh, he didn't even have to speak. He could will it. He willed it. And death had to behave. And I don't know how many times I might have been at death's door. A death almost had its finger on me. And God spared my life. And I am so thankful. I sit here today and tell you that God is awesome. He's super califragilistic. Expialidocious. Our God is awesome. Super califragilistic. Expialidocious. You can reach me at 469-629-9543 or GGT Church 66 at yahoo.com. We're going into our Sunday school lesson and it is from fear to faith to love. And our uh, scripture is John, the 21st chapter, verses 9 through 19. And we'll go and read the scripture. Okay. As soon then, as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Peter went up and drew the net land for great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three. All there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus said unto them. Come and dine, and none of his none of the disciples durst ask him, "Who art thou?" Knowing that it was the Lord, Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen. So they dined. Jesus said to Simon Peter. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said to him, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time. And that was the second time he did it. The first time, the first time he said, Feed my lambs. Okay? Then the second time he said, feed my sheep. Then he said to the son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? He said, I love thee. Jesus said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands 
and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Then spake he, signifying, or uh, this spake he, excuse me, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. The 21st chapter, 9th through 19th verse in this Sunday school lesson, which is my favorite, is the L.G. Parkhurst Jr. commentary. For and it, it's it's um based on this at o u o s u dot com o u o s u dot com. And good evening to uh, those who are watching today. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing that God is doing in our lives. We know that there are families who are bereft at this time. There are people who are sick, and they're uh, even recovering. But we thank God for everything that he has allowed. And God, we I know it's a cliche, and we say, and we hear people say many times over, God does not make mistakes. He does not make mistakes. And then when we love him, then everything that he allows to happen works for our good. Everything, it seems like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. How can this be working for my good? It hurts, it hurts, it hurts. It hurts so bad. And yes, yes, the process of life and what we go through, it hurts really, really bad. It really hurts. God is taking care of us. So let's just thank him. Thank him for everything that he's doing for us because he knows exactly what he's doing. Now, our focal scripture is verse 12 of the 21st chapter of John, St. John. And that is, Jesus said unto them, come and die. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Our topics from fear to faith to love. From fear to faith to love. Now Jesus had not been out fishing for fish. Jesus fished for people. So as the Lord of creation, okay? Now Jesus worked a second miracle that morning in their presence. He created a fire and burning coals. Then he created and cooked the fish on the fire where he also created and baked the bread out of nothing. As with all creation, Jesus spoke their breakfast into being. And that's all he has to do, speak it or will it. He doesn't have to say a word, he can will it to be. After fishing all night, Jesus knew his disciples were tired and hungry. So even though he is the king of the universe, okay? Now, Jesus helped them meet some of their most basic needs. As the king of the universe, he became their cook and server. Jesus did for them what he wanted them to do as apostles. He fed and tended his lambs. The disciples were truly friends of Jesus and he was truly their friend. In John the 15th chapter, the 13th through 15th verses, Jesus had told them, 
No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. Now the note here tells us that they knew Jesus had laid down his life for them. So he said, you are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. As their friend, Jesus helped them catch fish, and then he fed them breakfast. Any other king would have expected these disciples to wait on him and fix him breakfast, even though they had been awake all night working hard to catch fish. Jesus does not and did not act like a mere human king, master, or leader. In Luke the 17th chapter, the seventh through the eighth verses, Jesus described how someone might act like if or if they were king. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Is that what he's saying? Jesus said, so only God the King, only Jesus would humble himself before his servants as Jesus served them. That is our Savior. Jesus is our Savior. He's our Savior. Jesus could have multiplied the fish and the bread that he created, just as he had multiplied the fish and loaves to feed the thousands who came to hear him teach. And we can see that in John the 6th chapter, the first through the 15th verses. Now, whatever they did, Jesus wanted his disciples to obey him and work with him as friends work together. The fish they had caught were important to Jesus and to them, and they had worked together to catch them as Jesus would always work with them forever. Jesus gave them a valuable, practical, and spiritual lesson. Remember, in John, the sixth chapter, the 12th verse, after feeding 5,000 people, Jesus commanded his disciples, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Jesus did not want to waste what they had caught for the fish would be valuable to sell and feed their families after he left. So nor did he want them to expect him to feed them without working as he commanded. Jesus taught them by word and example. Later in 2 Thessalonians, the third chapter and the 10th verse, Paul reminded Christians, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. That's a hard one, isn't it? The one who is not willing to work shall not eat. My God. Mm, mm, mm. And you think about the situation today and the people who you see, how many will not work? How many will not work? 
okay? Though Peter had left his fellow fishermen to drag in the fish along, he immediately obeyed the Lord Jesus before anyone else and hauled the net ashore. Jesus gave Peter the strength he needed to do this alone. For John does not say anyone helped him. As fishermen, they noted the number of large fish that they caught and marveled that with so many in their their many, their net was not torn. Now on this morning, Peter demonstrated his desire to be with Jesus as soon as often as possible and to obey Jesus as quickly as possible. He became an example for all who will believe in and follow Jesus. Now, Jesus knew about the labors of that night and early morning, and he was concerned about their physical and spiritual needs. If his disciples were famished from hard work, they would not be able to concentrate on what he needed to teach them during their meal and after they ate. Throughout his ministry, Jesus showed concern for the whole person, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and he did so here. Jesus is still concerned about all the needs of all his followers, and he meets them as he wisely can. In the early morning hours, the disciples knew by the way Jesus spoke and acted that Jesus was alive from the dead and speaking to them once again. As Jesus taught in John the 10th chapter in the 27th verse, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They knew he was the Lord because they knew his voice and only Jesus would cook them breakfast. This is wonderful, isn't it? Since Jesus was not a ghost, Jesus could personally and physically serve them by taking the bread and the fish and handing them their breakfast, even as he broke bread and shared wine with them at the Last Supper when he established the new covenant in his blood instead of the blood of goats and sheep. Remember, as King of Kings, Jesus could have asked them to serve him. That is the way of the world. But Jesus came as a servant to give his life as a ransom for many. That's us. That's us. He came here to give his life as a ransom for us. How dare we act like we act sometimes. My God, he is so awesome. He is so awesome. He's super califragilistic. Ex and I cannot say that enough. Earlier, Jesus had explained his relationship with them and how they should treat one another. In Matthew, the 20th chapter, the 25th through 28 verses, we read, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, 
Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of John records three resurrection appearances of Jesus to his disciples. Before he appeared to his disciples, he appeared to, appeared to Mary Magdalene. That's John the 20th chapter, the 11th through the 18th verses. And on the evening of the first day of the week on Resurrection Sunday, Jesus appeared to his disciples, but Thomas was not present. That's John the 20th chapter, the 19th through the 25th verses. A week later, on Sunday, they were in the house again when Thomas was present and Jesus appeared to them again as John, the 20th chapter, the 26th through the 29th verses. Perhaps during these two appearances, Jesus personally told them to go to Galilee. Jesus' third appearance to them was in Galilee and likewise totally unexpected and perhaps on a Sunday, not the Jewish Sabbath, when they would not have worked. I heard a message come through. I want to make sure that everything's good. Uh, I believe my sound and everything is coming through really well, really well. Thank you so much for joining me, so much for joining me. And this is a Sunday school lesson. I'm getting back in my on my schedule. Same thing as your security. Getting back on my schedule. So now a week later, okay, then Thomas was uh present when Jesus appeared again. That's the twentieth chapter of St. John, twenty-sixth and twenty-ninth verses. Perhaps these two appearances, Jesus Perhaps during these two appearances, Jesus personally told them to go to Galilee. Jesus' third appearance to them was in Galilee and likewise totally unexpected and perhaps on a Sunday. It says perhaps. Now this is a commentary, okay? So some of this is speculative, but uh, it's also uh, they're depending on the Spirit of God to guide them so that these uh speculations can be in sync with what God is giving them, okay? So it's not to get us off track, but yet this is a commentary, okay? So Jesus' third appearance to them was in Galilee and likewise totally unexpected and perhaps on a Sunday, not the Jewish Sabbath when they would have would not have worked. So perhaps they began fishing in the evening after the Sabbath ended. If so, Jesus appeared to them on a Sunday morning, okay? These three appearances to his disciples seemed the most important three for John to report. Indeed, John wrote, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in, recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's John, the 20th chapter, the 30th through the 31st verses. Now, in John, the 14th chapter, 
and the 21st verse, Jesus taught what true love for him meant, saying, They who have my commandments, commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Just as he promised, Jesus showed himself to the ones who love him. Just as he promised, he showed, promised, he showed himself to the ones who loved him. And so he loves us and he shows himself to us in the spirit, in our minds, in our hearts, in our in our souls, with that reassurance that I am here, I am always here i am forever here continue to love continue to keep my commandments continue to serve me because i am here i'm showing myself to you through the mighty works okay now he promised jesus showed himself to the ones who loved him so in 1st John, the second chapter, the, the fifth and the sixth verses, John wrote, Whoever obeys his word, truly in this person the love of God has reached perfection. By this we may be sure that we are in him. Whoever says, I abide in him, ought to walk just as he walked now the way with walk with uh we walk with jesus as our friend shows him and others our love for him and them now after their breakfast jesus addressed simon peter using his official apostolic name jesus had earlier given him the name peter which indicated the seriousness of their conversation, much as our full name would be used in a court of law. Jesus' three questions related to Peter's denial of Jesus three times after Jesus was arrested and put on trial. Jesus' uh, formal questions before the gathered disciples, or at least in the presence of John, began the process of Jesus' restoration of Peter as an apostle of Jesus Christ, for Peter answered in the affirmative three times, and then Jesus commissioned Peter to serve him by telling Peter three times to feed and care for his sheep, meaning his people, okay? Now these quote, end quote, may refer to Peter's occupation as a fisherman. Did Peter love fishing with his partners and making his living as a fisherman with these men more than he loved Jesus and serving Jesus? Peter answered that he loved Jesus more than anyone, anything, and doing anything else. Thereafter, Peter began fishing for people as Jesus told him. We all have to come around. We all have to transform 
And sometimes it takes a little while. And that's why we thank God for the saints who have the patience with us and they continue to pray for us, pray with us, that the Lord will use us in the way that he wants to use us. That's why we pray for others the same way that they pray for us, that God will use them as he wants to use them and they will be willing to be kept by him and be willing to live by his will. So three times Jesus asked Peter if he loved him and three times Peter answered that he loved him. In these verses, Jesus and Peter used two different Greek words for the word love. The one Greek word for love, agape, uh, that Jesus used in his first two questions expressed the greater, deeper, self-giving and sacrificial love than the other word for love, which is philia which indicated a friendship type of love that Jesus used the last time he asked Peter if he loved him. Peter used the word philia each time he answered Jesus. Now you can pronounce agape as agapeo, agapeo, and you can pronounce uh, philia as philio. Okay, either are. So, Peter used the word philia or philio each time he answered Jesus. Agape, love, may show total commitment because agape, love, involves the person's heart, mind, soul, and strength. And agape, love, is willing to sacrifice for another. Willing to sacrifice for another. God the Father and Jesus love us with the agape sacrificial love that Jesus expressed when he came, taught, and died on the cross. Philia has been before by some as a lower type of love, a friendship type of love. Now, some have argued there is no real difference in the use of these two words, and volumes have been written about the different Greek words for love. Jesus accepted the type of friendship love that Peter offered him. He and Jesus knew Peter's love for him would grow. Though Peter had denied him three times, Jesus offered Peter friendship love. Jesus knew that Peter would someday express his agape of love for Jesus and his sheep by the way Peter would die. Oh my goodness. So the third time Jesus asked Peter his question about loving him, Jesus used the word philia, for love and Peter answered Jesus with the word philia for love. God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit love us with both agape and philia love, which is love in both the highest sacrificial 
total sense and love in the friendship sense. Peter only used the word philia every time he answered Jesus' question, perhaps because he knew he did not love Jesus in the highest sense possible. And let me go and make sure I am pronouncing this word as it should be. So I am going to just take some time because this is a lesson that I am teaching. I am going to search for the word. I want to make sure it is philia if I or I'm not going to say the other pronunciation I have for it, but I just want to make sure that I am saying it correctly. And if not, I will correct it. Okay. Okay. Let's listen to it. Okay, it's right. Okay, philia, I'm doing it right. Denotes fondness, especially an abnormal love for a specified thing. All right, now let me get back to the lesson. I'm saying it right, everybody. God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit love us with both agape and philia love, which is a love in both the highest sacrificial total sense and love in the friendship sense. And Peter only used the word philia, so there's much room for discussion of these verses, okay? Now, we can say with certainty that as believers in and followers of Jesus Christ, Jesus expects us to love him and make him our closest friend, just as he loves us and is our friend. Also, we are to love him in the highest sense as he loved and loves us in the highest sacrificial sense of love. We love God because God is worthy to be loved and because God first loved us. So regarding Jesus' use of, a different, of different words for lambs and sheep, at the least Peter and all of Jesus' followers are to love Jesus' people, his lambs and sheep irrespective of their age and their natural abilities and qualities. Regarding Jesus' use of, a, of the different words, tend and feed, at the least these words mean Peter and all of Jesus' followers are to try to meet the real needs of Jesus' people as wisely as they can with Jesus' guidance and resources that the Lord Jesus supplies for these needs. So after Jesus restored Peter to his apostleship, he told Peter how he would die. From that day forward, Peter would remain loyal in his commitment to care for Jesus' people, and he would die as a faithful martyr in the cause of his Lord and Savior. 
When Peter died by crucifixion, tradition says that he requested to be crucified upside down because he knew he was unworthy to die on the cross as Jesus had died on the cross. That's some humbleness, isn't it? So Jesus glorified his father when he obeyed his father and died on the cross to save his people, that's us, okay, from their sins and grant them, us, eternal life. Jesus, uh, excuse me, Peter glorified his heavenly father and Jesus Christ when he died on the cross as a follower, obedient friend, and loyal servant of Jesus Christ. No matter what happened to Peter day to day or how he was to die, the important thing for him and all his, uh, all of Jesus' followers is faithfully following Jesus day by day and leaving the consequences with Jesus the giver of eternal life. And you heard me say so many times that I live the best life that I can. I do the best that I can to try to live a saved and sanctified life each and every day of my life. And I, But I do my best as best I can as a human being and I leave the rest to God. I leave the rest to Him. If it had not been for him on my side, yours, okay, where would we be? Our five questions, okay, we have numbers here, you know, like I tell you, sometimes one of these numbers have more than one question, but we have five numbers here. Number one, how many times did Jesus appear to his disciples? Number two, what fish did Jesus use to feed his disciples? Number three, what did these verses tell us about Christians who sin being given another opportunity to serve Jesus. Four, what did Jesus ask of Peter before he restored him as an apostle? Five, what type of love has Jesus shown to his people, his sheep? My goodness, those are just for you to ponder over and go back. I'm pretty sure you know the answers to those already. And we're going to close out. Um, and after Jesus' resurrection, this is our, our final uh, rounding it up, all up, okay? After Jesus' resurrection, the first two times he appeared to his disciples, they were hiding in a room behind locked doors, and he frightened or surprised them. The final time John recorded Jesus' appearance may surprise us. Before Jesus called his first disciples, he helped them catch fish. He had just finished speaking to the crowds from their boat, and he paid them by telling them where to fish. After they obeyed him and let down their nets, they began bringing in so many fish that their nets began to break. Then Peter exclaimed, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. This Luke, the fifth chapter and the eighth verse. Instead, Jesus called Peter, James, and John to follow him. After Jesus had taught his disciples for three years and had risen from the dead, Jesus could still help his disciples catch fish and keep their net from breaking. And I think it said they had 153 fish in the net and evidently they were big fish, okay? So this time, 
After Jesus told them from the shore where to fish, and John said, It is the Lord. Peter jumped out of the boat and waded 100 yards to shore to be with Jesus. He knew the depths of the love and forgiveness of Jesus. So beginning with nothing, Jesus could create a charcoal fire, cook fish, bake bread, and serve breakfast to his disciples. As the word made flesh and risen from the dead, Jesus could still make anything by simply speaking the word. So in John, the 10th chapter, in the 27th verse, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And that is why the disciples did not need to ask, Who are you? They already knew. And like people say, you already know. <laughs> you know, I'm not good at those things like that. But I thought I'd just put that in there. I am so thankful to you for watching and uh, listening to the Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries right here on the uh, World Wide Web. I have one comment here and I want to look at it. Erica. Hi, Erica. I love you. <laughs> Erica, my niece is on here with me. It's such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. It encourages me even more when someone is uh, watching and talking to me. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. So I'm not going to, as some people say, I'm not going to belabor the time. But I am going to sign off now and I invite you to join me in the morning, God willing, at 7 a.m. for Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries message for the day on this, our, my Sunday message. And I am just thankful to God for the opportunity because I don't know when God is going to call me into eternity. Don't know whether I'll be around and be alive for the uh, judgment day don't I mean I'll you know I'll, either way I'll go before judgment but when he comes back oh my god I want to be ready to meet him however if I'm dead in him I'll rise first and then those who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him he's not coming and put foot on the earth he's going to suspend be suspended in the in the air but he, he's coming back he's coming back and so my my song shine is a good song of encouragement look let me end with this song jesus is calling this i and like i said i believe this might be i don't know my favorite song of all the songs that god has blessed me to write but i want to say to you i hope you're enjoying your juneteenth which is the day that the Texans in 1865 finally got the news that we had been emancipated from slavery. Now, I've heard people on the news and saying that that's the day that slavery ended. Slavery has not ended yet. I understand what they're saying, but there's Still, slavery exists. It exists right here in the United States of America, let alone, uh, alone other countries. But I understand what they're saying. 
but the, okay this is a texas emancipation holiday but now it is a national holiday go texas god is good and god is good to us and then even even when the emancipation news got to the shores of galveston some of the people still didn't leave the plantations because they had nowhere to go so there is so much in the story of just texas's emancipation uh, of slave, the slaves being emancipated, and then all of the other states that have their particular days uh, of emancipation from uh, the slavery of the African people, the African American people. But even though people say that they ended slavery, the 19th of June in 1865, they say it ended slavery. That's when the the troops came onto Galveston shore and announced that the slaves had been emancipated, but it did not end slavery. Okay? I just I just want to be specific and as Ella Davis would say, speak specificity. God bless you. I hope and I pray that he continues to bless you. And I'm praying for the families that need the prayer i know we all need prayer and i thank you for praying for me and dear god uh, and, and repeat after me if you have not accepted jesus christ as your personal savior if you have not repented of your sins, and even if you have repented of your sins and you're in a backslidden state then repeat after me and if you just want to pray along with me for someone else do that now dear god I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins and I accept Jesus Christ as my personal savior. Amen. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. You can contact me. You see it going across, scrolling across the screen and we can pray. I can talk with you 24 seven. Just give me a call. And if you leave a message, if I don't answer right then, leave a message, please send an email. Okay, uh, contact me through Facebook, Twitch, um, what is the other one, uh, YouTube. You can get me through Twitter. You can get me through Instagram. There's so many avenues that you can get me, okay? So don't waste your soul because if we're not saved when Jesus comes back, we are not going to meet him in peace. And so I want to meet him in peace so he can say, come on in, Shirley. You did live a saved life. You did a great job. I'm well job. I'm well pleased in you. Enter into eternal life. That's what I'm looking for. I love you so much. I really, really, really do. I really do. Enjoy the remainder of your day, and God willing, we'll see you in the morning when I rise.
while they are yet speaking, I will hear.